Welcome to Forgive Me Father. Here in the confession booth, we discuss how a certain aspect of life and church culture work together or don't mesh so well. Through discussions of personal vices and victories, we hope to help everyone understand each other more and create dialogue no matter what you've experienced or believe. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. What sins have you committed? Reflecting the culture's body image instead of your own. So if you so if you guys came into like six figures, what is like the first like three things you would spend spend it on? Obviously, you have like savings and like you want to take care of your loved ones. You want to take care of like, you know, right. like the, the, the common sense things <laughs> that every like decent human would do. Like no more student debt, no more like paying off a mortgage or stuff like that. But like, once you have that all sorted, like, what are you guys spending your six figures on? Okay. So there is only a few reasons why I want money or to be wealthy. One of them is to be able to go to the dentist and be put under. Cause I feel like that's like a wealthy person thing. Like I (laughs) hate the dentist so much. I do not to be awake for it. And so if mm-hmm. you could give me anesthesia, some laughing gas, perhaps, you know, I feel like I would like Chloe Kardashian's ex-husband did that. And I was like, that to me is the peak of wealth to go to the dentist and be able to be put under that to me would be the number one thing. I'd be like, all right. Cause otherwise you would have to drag me into the dentist, maybe get a haircut. I don't know. I start cutting my own hair. So I feel like going in and, and letting them wash my hair and dry it. (laughs) We're getting a little wild over here. I know. I know. (laughs) That is awesome. Um, yeah, I was literally the first thing that you said before you were like, barring any bills. I was like my unpaid ER bill that I have to (laughs) sitting on my bed right now i sleep next to it every night just to remind me that i have to pay that Um, it's my sleep paralysis demon yeah it is just a bill (laughs) yeah the envelope is just chilling right under my pillow manifestation what can i say um (laughs) no i'd probably the first thing i would do is fly to arizona because i just fly there no game plan just (laughs) no gonna go i know where i'm going because i'm i'm from there i'm just gonna go back to my hometown um, haven't been there since I moved and I think about it every single day. Mm. Um, and I want to go back and feel the scalding heat again on my skin wow. and mm. see a palm tree and say hi to my old friends and, uh, buy, uh, an apartment, the old apartment building that I used to live at, um, uh-huh. get an apartment there and plan my retirement. <laughs> <laughs> That's You're like, I mean. and all of a sudden I'm 90. <laughs> like, yeah, just like, it'd be like, all right, fast forward. I'm ready to end it here. Right. Very relaxed. We're going to settle down here. Rest yeah. of the money is going to aging myself just so I can be 90 yeah, years yeah. old and live in this apartment. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I like that these aren't like really big expenditures. I feel like a lot of people in today's society are like, I'm getting like a mansion, a fast car, like all these different things. And Patty's like, no, nah, I'm going to get my teeth cleaned. Right. <laughs> <laughs> getting my hair washed i honestly don't know the the whole hype of getting like 
crazy cars. I don't know. Like, because my logic is, is I'm like, okay, you get a really fast car. There's still a speed limit. But yeah, I honestly, and on, I don't care who says anything. Um, I love my Kia Soul. And I'm going to just keep getting new Kia Souls every time they come out. When I get money, like, I'm going to just keep getting the new Kia Soul. Do it. <laughs> Everyone's like, I'm going to save yeah. up for a G-Wagon. And I'm like, I want the 2020 Kia Soul. That shit's touchscreen. Oops, I swore. <laughs> um, <laughs> that stuff's touchscreen. <laughs> That's true. I think I think my biggest expenditures are going to be tattoos mm. and a log cabin. Like, I'm going to go buy, like, a plot of land in, like, Canada or something and then build a log cabin. Oh build a log cabin obviously i'm gonna need help so contractors stuff like that like use the money for that but then like have that place where i can just like live off the land like no mortgages like pay off like the taxes every year that i would need to spend uh and then just have that as like a vacation home like up in the snow and and then mountains so you really are channeling your inner lumberjack john i listen yep i really am a lumberjack of heart i was just born in the (laughs) wrong the wrong country and the wrong height I was made to be a lumberjack. You were. You got to go back to Scotland. <laughs> or, or Canada. Or yeah. Canada, yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> Come on. Come on. In. I have permission. I've- I have a permission <laughs> slip, like, at the border. Daddy said, yeah. I can come in. So I'll get her on the phone. Right, I will call right. her. They're like, please don't. Don't call Patty. Please don't. <laughs> I feel like that might work. Oh, is she- he's legit. He's got the papers. Let me know right. if it does. The sign <laughs> I allow John Adams to come to Canada, signed. Really? It's just like, he's good. And then your signature, like not even like a printed name, just he's good. And then just Batty Bird, just whoop, or Batty Motto right there. That's how we're going to do it. That's how I'm going to get into Canada. That's how I'm going to escape with my six figures and now a cabin. For sure. Nice. That's all I want. Maybe build like a home gym in there, but. I was waiting for that. Well, I got to stay fit other than like chopping trees all day. Right. Yeah. You gotta, gotta have fit. a game plan. Oh my gosh, I think you're gonna just build your own North Swole. North Swole. <laughs> Showing it off again. I don't oh. even know if I can grab it right here. Yeah. Oh that that is the craziest Christmas sweater I've ever seen in my life. Maybe so one bad. of my best purchases of yeah, my entire I think life. So. <laughs> There's it to like job interviews. You're like this is. <laughs> Let me show you how serious I am. Like festivities, I'm all about it. Like taking care of myself. Yeah, no, I literally wore that to the office Christmas party. Oh my word. (laughs) I love it. And today we're going to be talking about body image, body positivity, uh, and talking to our good friend, Patty, uh, who has an Instagram account that's called Jesus82, where she does advocate for body positivity in a way that can glorify God uh, and is faithful. So, Patty, thanks so much for being on. Yeah, thanks for having me. We're excited. We've already been joking about a ton of stuff, if you guys have probably heard. Um, Some of the stuff wasn't recorded, and... That might be for the best. Um, yeah, I don't think we should start. We should open that portal on this in this area of the internet right now. Yeah, this is one that I've been really looking forward to. Just a little bit of body body positivity. I think is something that is always so important, you know. And as we continue to grow in an age of social media, where there's a lot of competitiveness, you know, maybe not just like body image, but also financially, like where are you at in life, like. 
are you 30 and have two kids? Well, why not? This other person's doing it. You know, it's, it's really important to make sure that we have positivity and making sure everybody feels believed in. Uh, I think it's really awesome that Patty is able to do that in a way that is used to glorify God uh, as well. So for the listeners who don't know you, Patty, why don't you give us a little, little quick biography of who you are by, by bio? Yeah. Yes. Biography. Oh, Biography was right. Forward, yes. It was well, like right. I like the the next the word that came into my mind was like in my head it was like you idiot. It's it's biology. That's why you just sort of said bio, and I'm like, no, that's not right. So I had this whole like angel and devil on my shoulders moment as I was speaking, and that's why you saw the the digression. It's okay, you glitched a camera. little bit. It's okay. <laughs> Literally, there's nothing wrong with you. Um. <laughs> Yes, my name is Patty, and um, I currently live in Maryland, which you might be like, where's Maryland? It's just outside of D.C., Um, and I am currently working as a campus minister, Um, so I work, yeah, for a church, and um, I am a social worker by trade, and I'm licensed, and so I love being able to combine both worlds, which is why even having these conversations is so fun, because I feel like my um, social work brain really comes out, but I am someone who's really passionate about advocating for marginalized and vulnerable populations. I'm also a dog mom. Um, his name's Landon. He's the cutest and the goodest boy ever. Um, and outside of that, I'm pretty like mellow. I feel like I'm a couch potato at heart. So if you ever just want to chill or vibe, you know, my couch is over there. So feel free to go. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Patty and I, we've known each other since I think it's been several years. I want to say 2014 or 2016. Yeah. It was one of those years because that's when I was a camp counselor at the camp that, you know, the churches that I was a part of that Patty's still a part of uh, every summer up in Pennsylvania, there's a church camp up there. Uh, and I remember the first time that we met, uh, I go turning the corner. Uh, in the area where like the accounts, like the full-time staff is working, like they have like computers set up. It's basically like an office setting. Uh, and I just see somebody standing there with a sloth onesie and I'm like, Hey, my name's John. I'm here for this week of, of camp. Of, I think it was teen camp at the time. And then just Patty turns and she's like, Oh, Hey, in like 90 degree weather wearing a sloth onesie. <laughs> I, yeah, I was like, this is just like so quintessential to like interactions with me. I feel like, why am I wearing a sloth onesie? Why is it so hot out? And why does it seem so normal? But anyways, literally that day we had several other interactions where it was equally, if not more embarrassing. And so that pretty much solidified our friendship for forever, basically, where I'm like the fact that you could tolerate that, if you're okay with that, we're now friends. So. Oh yeah. I mean, I think, cause I think everybody like meets people and you, you're kind of on your best behavior when you first meet people at a job or, you know, even like different professional settings, you go hang out with a friend at like a bar, you know, pre pandemic. And then eventually when the pandemic's over, but like, you're kind of like, Oh, Hey, my name's so-and-so like, nice to meet you. But the fact that you were wearing a sloth onesie, like right from the jump, I was like, Hey, okay, cool. I'm just weird. Yeah. <laughs> in general. And the fact that she is being weird as well makes me very comfortable to know that anytime I cut up, say something, act a certain way that's like a little goofy, it's going to be accepted by at least somebody in the room. And that somebody's wearing a sloth onesie right now. Yes, yes, yes. So if you ever think, man, how I embarrass myself in front of people, just have that picture of me in a sloth 
onesie in mind for the rest of your life. <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be what gives me confidence. Yeah, right. well, you were obsessed with sloths too, right? Like that was like your favorite oh, animal. Yeah. It was your favorite animal? Yeah. I connect with them on a level I just can't explain. You know. So it makes sense. You know, you're just embracing your your spirit animal, and then right. you know. Just the right time. Just the right time for me to turn that corner. <laughs> just learning a lot about you in the first five I know, seconds. I know. Very quickly. Very quickly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, we go back all the way back then. And like I said, when I thought started thinking about body image, body positivity, uh, I followed her Instagram account and I thought this would be a perfect episode to get us going with it. And Patty, I know you and I, you and I had talked briefly about kind of like your own journey with with body positivity and even your struggle with body image and stuff like that. Can you go and give us a little, little precursor that for what led up to you creating that Instagram account? Yeah, absolutely. So it's interesting because I think as I've been doing my own self work, I think I've become more aware of just how long I've struggled with this. And the first memory of really being aware of my body was in the fourth grade, which is really young, you know, like you're still a kid. Um, and I think since then my struggle has definitely looked very different, but I think the peak of when I was really having a hard time was in college. And that is because that's when my body really started changing for the first time. Um, when I was a kid growing up, most people assumed that I was underweight or maybe even had an eating disorder because I was just really tiny. And so I, you know, have gained a healthy amount of weight, um, but just had a lot of, internal turmoil around whether that's acceptable or not. But, um, I definitely had a lot of disordered eating and exercise habits where I just be really afraid of food. Um, I'd be very calculated about what I'd eat, um, controlling in a way of trying to manage how much weight I would gain. Um, I, there's one example that I just continues to check in my mind where in the mornings I'd want toast and I'd have like a 10 minute battle in my mind of one piece or two, knowing that two pieces would be what would satisfy my hunger. But that being a point of fear, because I worried that that second piece would, I don't know, somehow make me gain an unhealthy amount of weight, maybe a pound. I don't know, but mm -hmm. there was just so much fear around weight gain. And so when it came to even exercise, I was very punitive about exercise. I would overexercise and often wasn't necessarily attentive to when my body was saying no more or I'm done. Um, and so I just kept going into these cycles of self-hatred. Again, I don't think that there was ever a point where I went beyond just tolerating what I looked like for many years. Um, and so basically what led to, um, developing and creating this page was I had gotten married. Um, and I think Noah got the brunt of my insecurities because I would always ask him questions like, do you think I'm beautiful? Like, what do you think of my body? And one day he was like, that's enough <laughs> in a way that I had <laughs> never heard. And that was probably the most loving thing that he could do. Cause he just saw how deep it went and how much I tried to rely on him for security. And he was like, that's just so wrong. So many different levels because it's not helping you. Um, and so I think I just, that was kind of the first indication to me that something was really not right. When my husband 
who sees me probably at my most vulnerable is that urgent about me figuring this out. And so I actually started this page just to make sarcastic memes. Honestly, <laughs> that was like just for jokes. Like I, I had no real deep intention for it. I was just tired and sick of diet culture and just wanted to post pictures of me with bread and being like, forget you diet culture. Um, but I think as I started just hearing more personal stories from people who would reach out to me based on what I was posting, I think it just kind of blew up from there where it was no longer just about my journey, but I, it really has felt like I've built a community with so many different people. So I'm so grateful, honestly, I'm the number one benefactor of Jesus A2 truly, because it has, it has saved me in many ways, um, in terms of just my own journey. So yeah, that's awesome. I, yeah, I think body image is so, I don't know, it, it can go so deeply. And I feel like, at least for myself, it, it crept up on me in the ways that we don't really expect. Like, there's nobody that was yelling at me when I was in middle school and high school being like, you're too fat, you're too this, you're too that. It was my own kind of like looking at different you know, athletes or stuff like that and being like, oh, I'm never going to be like that. Like I need to get that way. Cause like I play soccer, so I have to be a certain body image or my coach isn't going to think that I'm fit enough, you know? And then it kind of just spiraled from there. Um, so, I mean, it's great that, you know, you have, you, you had Noah to be able to give you that urgency. And a lot of people need friends that are able to snap us out of maybe not even a fog, but it's like, help us realize like, oh, this actually is a really big problem. It's not just a question that I ask like every other day or, you know, just like, oh, it's just me being silly. You right. know, like I've had people in my life <clears throat> have recently have genuinely asked like, are you, are you depressed? Are you genuinely depressed? Are you genuine? Do you genuinely have body dysmorphia? And it's, it's made me take a, a, take an honest look at that. Um, but bringing in, you know, church culture and stuff like that too. It, have there ever been experiences where you had like people in church that maybe didn't explicitly make you insecure about like body image and stuff like that, but maybe some things that didn't help or like maybe some like unspoken expectations? Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I grew up going to church um, and I think it's just helpful for me to acknowledge even my parents' generation you know, them being part of the building of the church that we're even a part of and knowing that even like thinking about my mom who had an eating disorder for many years, but there was not even language to identify that as being unhealthy until she watched an episode of Oprah and Oprah was like, this is bulimia. And she was like, huh? You know, um, wow. thinking about that, that's part of just human culture that we've inherited in many ways where there's just such a normalcy around stress and fear around food and exercise and those kinds of things. And these like very, I mean, even in the two thousands or the late nineties is like the height of unhealthy projections of what the body should look like. Right. And mm -hmm. so I'm thinking, man, like I've actually inherited so much misconceptions around the body. Um, and I think it's interesting how, even for myself, I, you know, I've personally had experiences with people where they've made really unhelpful comments. I hear all the time the COVID-15 thing, and I'm like, in a global pandemic, you would assume that 
what weight you've gained is probably the least interesting thing that's happening in, in the pandemic, but here right. we are talking about 15 pounds. Um, but I know even for myself, I know that I personally, someone who has spread misconceptions around health and I have to own that in the ways that I've talked about it, like even as an example with fasting, I used to go on fasts from sugar or from sweets and I would make it a spiritual thing where I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to pray about this thing or go to God about this thing. And, but meanwhile, in my heart, my actual motivation was I'm afraid of sugar. I want to lose weight and I can have a really clear excuse as to why I'm no longer eating these things. And so I personally know that in the church, I have been someone who has propagated wrong information. Um, Mm -hmm. but I even remember it was interesting when Noah and I got married, like six months later, we were in church and this guy comes up to us and essentially applauds us for not gaining weight. Cause I guess, you know, it's common for new married couples to gain like new married weight or something. Mm -hmm. He came up to us and was like, wow, like you guys haven't gained weight. Like that's amazing. And I remember at the time feeling really flattered, but looking back, that's such a painful thing to say, to have such a, so much courage to comment on someone's body in that way. And to almost reinforce this idea that your body shouldn't change over time. And so I feel like it happens within the church, not because, you know, people have malicious intentions, but because it's just a human issue. And so of course it affects the church um, and affects the culture within the church. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think as, as a man in the church, there was something that like scriptures that were used that makes sense at face value. Uh, first thing that comes to mind is like your body is a temple, therefore honor God with your body. And people would use that a lot for fitness. Like if you were starting to gain weight, you know, you had a older guy in the church come up to you and say like, Hey, like, why you, like looks like you're eating a ton of junk food or like whenever we go out, you're always drinking a beer. Like, do you feel like you're honoring God with your body? Do you feel like your, your body's really being a temple right now? Uh, and I remember at that time thinking like, Oh my goodness, like I'm sinful because I'm not treating my body as a temple because I'm drinking beer or because I enjoy flaming hot Cheetos or, you know, like going to Chick-fil-A every, you know, every week or, you know, whatever it is. Um, but what's funny is that when I look back at it and that scripture is in first Corinthians six, uh, verses 18 and 20, that's within context, that scripture is actually talking about sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. It's talking about, you know, defiling your body sexually and honoring God with your body sexually. And that, that was just one of the areas in my life where I look back and I'm like, wow, like I understand the good intention behind this, but this actually perpetuated some unhealthy body images within myself and insecurities about myself, about a scripture that's not even talking about my, my body health wise. Yeah. Do you ever experience anything like that? Or like, have you even like maybe heard stories of people that have gone through something similar? Yeah, absolutely. I think that scripture to me, that breaks my heart because I hear that often and it's unfortunate the ways that scripture can be so misused, um, without even knowing how harmful the use is. Um, Because what's interesting is even within that conversation, 
there's so many people in larger bodies who are challenged on where their hearts are in reference to taking care of their bodies. Meanwhile, thin people aren't challenged on that. Like I know a lot of people who are thin, who binge eat, who binge drink, and nobody questions them on their health. Meanwhile, you have larger bodies who have the whole world on their shoulders in terms of trying to prove one, that they are taking care of themselves and are consistently challenged on that. And to me, I'm like, we just have such a misconception, even over what health means and what that looks like. And what's unfortunate is even in terms of absolute mindsets around what health should look like, I just laugh because even within the last century, like decade to decade, that has changed. It's shifted. Like in the 90s, again, models who um, were skeletal were praised. Like, um, right. But even, even in the early 1900s, how larger, fuller bodies is are the bodies that were considered to be healthy. And so it's just interesting how though even as Christians, we're meant to be people who point back to the heart or really get to the deeper issue, we're still so fixated on things we see, which isn't even faith. Like, it's just so funny how um, we can be double-minded when it comes to body image. Because when it when it comes to other spiritual issues, we very much align with those things. But as soon as it comes to body issues or body image, we get really fixated on the wrong things. And that's that's why to me this conversation matters so much is to recognize that we are actually way more affected by the culture around us than we believe we are. Yeah, for sure. AJ, do you have any thoughts or questions? Um, just from personal experience, I completely agree with what uh, you said. Um, I grew up with a very um, misconstrued relationship with food because my dad would uh as a child would force me to eat everything off of my plate and wouldn't let me leave until it was done and then my mom would turn around and be like you ate too much mm. and that i was a, as young as probably like nine years old being told that i'm eating too much being told that i'm gaining weight um and make already making comments so that's a recipe for disaster in and of itself yeah. and on top of that i hit puberty early so it just hit me like a truck and I have always from that point of being, I think from like nine or 10 years old, um, have always been bigger than everybody. Um, yeah. and as young as middle school, I started, you know, had, you know, was restricting everything that I ate and didn't tell anybody. Um, I took up cigarettes at a young age because I heard that it makes you lose your appetite. Cause I heard it burns your taste buds. And you wouldn't want to eat. And I literally started smoking because of that reason. And now here I am with a nicotine addiction. Don't do that, kids. Um, But, you know, my entire life, my the people that I was supposed to trust the most, my parents, my siblings, um, my close friends, everybody that I was that is supposed to uplift me and support me were the ones actually tearing me down. and I, I've seen how it was being treated as a bigger person uh, versus now I've lost over 50 pounds um, just in the last year, not in a healthy way, but it is crazy how much I've been praised, yeah. how much 
they don't care how I lost it. Mm-hmm. They just care that I lost it and that I look better now mm-hmm. and that I'm prettier now and that I'm more dateable now because I lost 50 pounds. And they were like, I, I see the difference of how I've, I'm being treated as a, I'm obviously still not skinny, but I'm much thinner than I was before and how differently I'm being talked to and how I'm being approached in public versus how I was 50 extra pounds ago is astronomically different, is astronomically different. And that's the biggest um, pet peeve that I personally have with people who argue, first of all, argue about senseless things, about how plus size people who are just trying to be like, we're really being treated like garbage in society. And it automatically starts the, con- the the argument of like, well, thin people have the same problem, thin people, blah, 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 blah. And what the, the point gets missed because for the longest time, thin people have been the ideal. Yeah. So yes, you guys get told, go eat a burger. You're so skinny. It's not exactly the same as me being told you should develop an eating disorder. Actually, I encourage you to develop an eating disorder if that's going to get you to being as pretty as you can be. Um, How much potential I can have because I'm not beautiful as plus size woman. And that's the the biggest thing that I've always tried to advocate for um, as young as I am just, but I don't really have the, as much knowledge as I want to, but I'm learning because that's, people argue just to feel special and feel uh, like the victim all the time, which is not, we, no, no one wants to be a victim. Right. And that's, that's the one thing that boggles my mind is I'm like, why does everybody want to suffer? Yeah. I think we're all missing the point here. I think it should be a, let's just start uplifting each other from this point forward and love thy neighbor <laughs> as Let's just recall the one rule that trumps everything else. Okay. <laughs> Love thy neighbor, please and thank you. Yeah. And that's all I have to say on that one. Yeah. yeah. Love everybody. I love that shirt, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I I really appreciate you sharing even parts of your story. I even got emotional as you were sharing because it it just boggles my mind how many people have a story like yours. Um from such a young age. And it, it really does break my heart because though people claim that they're advocating for health, they support very unhealthy habits. Um, I remember, um, watching the story of this woman who was essentially sharing, you know, she's in a larger body and was having extreme abdomen pain, couldn't eat. Um, and so was going doctor to doctor trying to figure out what was going on. And she was telling this doctor about the fact that she hasn't been able to eat for a long time. And he said, good, I'm glad that it's probably for the best that you're not eating. And it was just interesting because I was like, this is the height of fat phobia, because Mm -hmm. let's be clear, we're not, we're no longer talking about health. We are talking about vanity. And those are two very different things. If you want to pursue vanity, go for it. But let's not make it an issue that it's not because it is harming people. Again, so many of the habits that people have, 
I know even people who have had major health issues and have lost a lot of weight, again, as a sign of lack of health and have been praised for it or have been considered to be more healthy. And it's just interesting because, again, even that narrative is so different. During the Great Depression, someone who was thin was not seen as healthy because they're starving. Yeah. <laughs> as larger, fuller bodies were recognized that it's they're healthy because they're eating, whereas the majority of the world isn't. Um, and it's just interesting because there's even so much privilege in this conversation to where so many people have the choice to starve themselves or have the choice to restrict, where such a, a large portion of the world has no choice even even um, groups in lower income areas can't shop at Whole Foods. Yeah. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, and so it's just it's like this topic is so charged um, on a macro level and and everything in between. And so it just breaks my heart because at the end of the day, when you strip all that back, you just see people who are hurting and who are harming themselves for a pursuit that's not even to their benefit. Yeah. I quickly realized um, it's still a journey and it's still a process, but I've improved much better in my self-confidence and um, self-image than if you met me a year ago. Whoosh. Um, but, um, I've, I realized that that's, it's, that's not what we're, we're here for. It's not what us humans are meant to be focused on. Mm-hmm. Um we're meant to find purpose for ourselves and we're meant to um, reach a higher level of alignment with yourself and with, you know, with whatever God you believe in personally, whoever's listening out there um, or just, you know, anything in general is to just find your purpose, find your passion and do the things that make you happy and looking at yourself in the mirror every day and pointing out every single thing that you think is wrong with you mm-hmm. is the last thing that you need. And right. it is, it's so trivial and we've made it such a, we've made it such an important thing that we've forgotten that like literally at the end of the day, what you look like doesn't matter as long as you drink your water and you eat as much as you are, your body is designed to eat. Cause obviously some bodies are supposed to eat more like yeah. your swole man, John over here, <laughs> a little bit more protein than me guy. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> eat as much as you are supposed to eat and do and smile and make and be nice to people. Like, I don't know what else to say. Like, come on, man. It's not that hard. <laughs> yeah. It makes total sense. I mean, even for me, like I know I'm supposed to be eating protein and like when I, like when you, it makes sense that the more you work out, the more you're supposed to eat like caloric intake. It makes sense. But I actually have a problem with like not eating enough because in my mind, I'm like, the more I eat, that's more fat that's going to be stored. And mm-hmm. like, if I'm going to eat three meals, then I have to be able to work out and burn like X amount of calories or like, it's all for nothing. Like I'm just hitting dead. you like, it, I'm just breaking even in a way that's not going to make me healthy. You know, like, and even, even the fact that I've had my roommate and and really close friends, like, basically yell at me to take rest days. Like there'll be days where I'm super sore. I'm really tired. You know, I work from home, like blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to the gym. 
and they're like, this is the seventh day in a row. Like you need to rest. Like you're actually doing more damage to your body than good because you're not allowing time for recovery. But it just doesn't make sense to me because of the way that, you know, not that I was raised, so to speak, but like just the way I've conditioned myself to think because of societal's, you know, yeah. demands of what it means to be healthy, attractive, like. Yeah, the the body image of men is also like it's not spoken of it's not spoken of enough as much as uh women's body issues and I genuinely feel terrible because I've noticed the the major shifts in what an ideal man is supposed to be um throughout the years. I remember being little and being like and all of my friends being like muscular dudes are it, right? And now I'm on TikTok and they're like skinny white boys that look like they're on crack. I love those. Like, I'm like, whoa, how do we end up here? <laughs> yeah. And then there's and, dad bods that get thrown and in there da- too. There's dad bods in the corner. Like, what? Hell, can I be included in this, please? Does anybody like me? Like, <laughs> we love you, dad bods. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, totally. I, um, it's interesting because so even with calorie numbers, Um, you know, for women, a recommended calorie amount by most diet companies or whatever is 1200 calories. I feel like that's like a pretty common benchmark, which is interesting because that's the amount a toddler is meant to consume every day. And so it's so interesting how for women, there is this narrative of shrinking yourself where it's like, I mean, for years, right? Women are are trying to be seen as equal and we're pursuing that in many ways as far as career and all those different things. But when it comes to body image, we're still like so in ancient times of continuing to, to find reason to make ourselves smaller rather than being okay with the space we take up. Um, and it's interesting even talking to my husband about body image stuff or even going to the gym. There is um, such a different effect that men, you know, experience when it comes to body image. And it was interesting because I feel like someone had mentioned this to me the other day, which I found to be powerful where men are expected to perform, whereas women are, are expected to look a certain way. And Mm -hmm. I was like, that's so interesting and really Mm -hmm. does clarify even why men for years have, I mean, even since, um, ancient Greece, you know, where, where men in the big squares are working out, showing off their muscles. Like this isn't like an, uh, a new body type that we're pursuing with men, right? Um, but how it is very performance driven. It's about how much you can lift, or it's about even demonstrating that even though I might not be lifting something that you can see how much someone is likely able to lift. Um, mm-hmm. and so I, it, and also it does, um, it is interesting because even on my Instagram account, I am going to be starting a series specifically just with men around body image, which I'm really excited about. But part of the reason why I'm doing that is because though men, I mean, I feel like this is a narrative for all the, all kinds of things, whether it's sexual assault or whatever, where there is this common thought of, I'm not part of this. This is not affect me without realizing that you actually do um, perpetuate the narrative way more than you believe you are. Even on TikTok, like a trend is that guys will get on TikTok and say, I'm only going to date a girl who's 115 pounds and below. Like that is a, you know, I remember that. Yeah. All these really like literally by definition, toxic 
messages being put out by men. And so I'm like, even though you may not feel like it affects you, you are part of this conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so damaging when it can enter a church culture as well, because obviously church is supposed to be a a safe space, you know, like there's so many scriptures that talk about like, come to me all who are weary and I will give you rest. Uh, You know, like you're supposed to cast all your anxieties onto him because he cares about you. First Peter five talks of freedom, you know, and, and I believe John eight talks about that, but something that's like, so under the radar as like body image and perpetuating like what a, a healthy body is supposed to look like can make people feel unsafe, even in a church environment. Because like we were saying earlier about like honor God with your body, your body's a temple. Like not only is that scripture taken out of context, but it also makes people think that if I'm not doing all I can, or even like destroying my body to look a certain way, then I'm sinful. Like I'm in the absolute wrong here because somebody who was a leader or another friend told me that I have to look a certain way because that's the way God wants me to look. Um, and, and shifting gears now too, is that one of the biggest scriptures that advocate for a healthy side of looking at things is Psalm 139. Like I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, you know, God formed us in the womb. He designed us exactly how he wants us to be. Mm-hmm. And there is, there is a line of like, okay, obviously don't destroy your body. Like, don't do something stupid. Like, don't, don't do uh what is that? That movie supersize me. Like, don't do that. <laughs> but like, at the same time, like people are made with different, like body image types, shapes, genetics plays a huge role into it as well. Um, mm-hmm. And God, another scripture I just thought of is first Samuel 16, where mm-hmm. just, uh, I believe, Samuel is going to pick out the next king of Israel. And God says to Samuel, like, you look at the outward appearance, but I look at the heart. Um, So when it comes to combating these types of unhealthy uh, stigmas and even scriptures, what are some scriptures that you use, Patty, to help bring about positivity or even bring up this conversation? Right. So it's funny because I, even the scriptures you use that reinforce the wrong things, I then catapult them to, to emphasize the right thing. And even with the scripture and Psalms that you referenced, it's interesting because part of what's being described is you are fearfully and wonderfully made regardless of what else is being said. Mm -hmm. And it's just interesting because instead of being at a place where we worship God, because we know that who he is and we know that what he creates is good and we we honor him as the architect of our bodies in our current culture we then go i'm the architect and i'm the one who sets the measurements how large whatever Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. interesting because even though the narrative can be i'm claiming to do this to honor god so much of it comes back to honoring myself or honoring even my own perception of who god is Cause even in thinking about like Adam and Eve in the garden, there's no description of what their bodies looked like. I have no idea what, if, you know, Adam and Eve could have been fuller people. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's, what's so interesting is we have such a projection of our own idea where any illustrations of Adam and Eve, they're very skinny, very thin, right. skinny people, which I'm like, I'm assuming that if God put them in the garden, one, they're likely darker skinned because 
you know, if I was just plopped in a garden where there's probably not that much shade or sunscreen, I'd probably burn up real quick. So I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure they, they had some melanin, but then also again, size, I have no idea. So again, if I'm actually in a place where I'm trying to live true to that scripture in Psalm 139, part of it is I have to worship God and orient myself around him versus commanding God to orient himself around me. Um, and even that scripture in, in Samuel, I, I love that scripture. And I think what's interesting is even going back to Adam and Eve, it's not like God ever said image doesn't matter. God actually emphasizes image a lot. He talks about how they were made in my image consistently. Mm -hmm. It's like over and over and over again, that's repeated. I feel like what's interesting, even in the ways that God and, you know, was able to speak through Samuel was just this recognition that it's not that image doesn't matter. It's that the things about image matter to us very differently. And we tend to get hyper fixated on the wrong thing. And so part of it is like, all right, let's just go to the heart because clearly when it comes to image, you're missing it because it's, we're not meant to look at ourselves or look at people and think of the beauty just being for ourselves, but it's, it was always meant to point us back to God and to be able to see God in ourselves rather than seeing the culture reflected in ourselves. Mm. Yeah, that's huge. I think that's so important because what you just even just said, like culture can have such a big influence and it makes us think that we have to be the archi architects of like what's going on, you know, in my body. Like it even kind of poisons us to the fact of like, oh, if like I need to be a certain way so that God will accept me. But what you're saying is that like God already accepts me. So, you know, healthy perspective of, of myself, of others, and then even body image moving forward, which I think is so important. Uh, and I think that's great. Like to have a, have a godly perspective is so important. If you're in a church, you're trying to be like Jesus, you got to have Jesus perspective on things, on culture, on, you know, like what we consider entertainment, what we consider to be like, healthy joking or like what is like what is within the guidelines of like oh don't be offended by this like blah 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 you know like you really do have to look at jesus's perspective um and i think it's great that you like take time to assess that what did that look like practically for you as you started coming through and you know not saying that you've reached the tip top and you're you know you're got all your chakras aligned and stuff like that <laughs> with body image but you know, obviously like you, you are fighting to keep that godly perspective. What, what is helping you uh, along the way with these? Yeah. I think part of my journey is I, I think it's really easy to point fingers or get really hyper aware of what's happening around me versus what's happening within me. And there's a reason why things like diet culture is so appealing is because it's like a three-step system to fix very damaged aspects of myself where I have such low self-esteem and someone goes, if you just buy this product, boom, that will go away, you know? Mm -hmm. And in, in a culture that is very um, instant gratification focused, of course, those things are really alluring. And so part of me, I still, I mean, there are still times where um, I'm on social media and go, maybe I should do a detox, you know? And, but again, mm -hmm. it's, it's not because 
the detox is good, but it's because of how low I feel about myself. And so part of the work I have to do is it's not about getting caught up in diet culture. It's not about getting caught up in what's right or what's wrong, but it's about being attentive to what my internal dialogue is. And the reason the height at which I crave diet culture indicates to me that there is a problem. Um, because if I'm so drawn to systems that claim to fix me, it's because there's something that needs to be fixed. And so I feel like for myself, part of it is like, I just need to withdraw from what culture is trying to pull me into and really doing that self-evaluation, um, I think has been the most helpful and also following content that really does provide helpful information because I, again, I watched a YouTube video where someone was saying that 95% of the reason why people don't have abs is diet. And I was like, that is just straight up a lie. Yeah, like, that's not true. <laughs> that is straight up just like not factual. Like mm -hmm. genetics have so much to do. Like there's so, even just your body type, again, we could do the same workout every day and look different. Like that's just true. And so I feel like following people who actually provide information that's not just from the dome, like it's actually like researched and people who have yeah. degrees um, because there are even people who are nutritionists who put out all this information who don't even have degrees, um, but are able to get some kind of licensure to where they're nutritionists. And so it's just, I think for me, I've had to be really critical of who I'm following and making sure that the information I'm intaking is factual. Yeah. A healthy skepticism. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So for AJ, you obviously didn't grow up in a church culture. What is, when it comes to like body image and body positivity outside of like, you know, God and like using scriptures and stuff, is there something that's, that's helped you like grow into like trying to, to build a, a positive self image of yourself or to understand the lies and the things that are perpetuated around you? Um, it's actually very similar to um, Patty's strategy. I also just started following people online that had um actually valuable information um there's this one girl i don't remember her instagram name off the top of my head but she posts uh videos or not videos pictures every day comparing um foods that are considered healthy and foods that are considered unhealthy and she's trying to break that stigma that there are no unhealthy foods all food is good in moderation and that's something that she's uh, really trying to get through people's heads because the biggest problem that we have is that we we split food into two separate categories as good for you and not good for you. Um, and that's really damaging, um, especially when you start showing that to like children at a young age, like how my parents showed me. Um, they immediately were like, we're not getting that because that's going to make you fat we're going to get this instead, which automatically started forming that in my brain where I'm like, okay, not this, but this, but this, blah, blah, blah. And following people like that who try to promote a healthy view on food and try to help you improve your relationship with food as well as improve your own self-image is super duper helpful because it's, like Patty said, so tempting to look at Kylie Jenner 
on Instagram and see that she's um what is it? She's a sponsored by fit tea or whatever they call it skinny tea or something like that where you just drink this tea for seven days and it's just gonna shrink you like that I remember being 14 and being like I really want to get that but my mom's gonna be like why are you getting this um it's so tempting because you're like oh well it worked for Kylie Jenner look at how she looks well that's clearly not true because everything on social media is fake um (laughs) but it's it's mainly just that um it's really hard at first because you don't want to believe it you just want to be like, no, 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 I'm going to do it the, I'm going to do it the, the bad way. Um, because you are already at that point familiar and comfortable with doing that. But once you break out of that little by little, take baby steps um, to educate yourself on what's actually accurate about health and nutrition versus what Instagram influencers are trying to tell you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh yeah, I mean, I'm nowhere near where I need to be with healthy body image issues. Like, I obviously am just now discovering how deep my body dysmorphia is going. So that's that's fun. Uh, <laughs> the process is starting, and that is scary. Uh, but I think you guys have had some great advice, you know, for, for women, but also men as well. Like, as men, we look at certain even fitness people on Instagram and we see them doing all these workouts and we think like, Oh, if I do these workouts then I'm going to be in this amount of shape, you know, but then we don't see this thing, the things behind the scenes where it's like, they only eat chicken and brown rice, you know? And you're like, Oh, if I did that, I would be skinny. But also like, would you be happy living that way? Yeah. Like only having that like seven days a week. And then you have like one cheat day where you're like, Oh, a full p- piece of pizza. Like this is exciting. Uh, and I I think it's just really helpful to even hear y'all talk about getting trusted sources and, you know, listening to your body. Like, I think that's one of the biggest things for me too, is like realizing like, oh, my body is tired. Me pushing it past this point. Isn't going to make me even more ripped because it's like (laughs) perseverance. It's like, no, this is me being healthy and allowing my body to recover in a way that's going to help me be healthier later because if not i'm just going to keep destroying my body and destroying my body and the knee problems are going to happen like hip replacement whatever like down the line like i don't know if that's like 100 percent to do with working out but like the danger of those increases if you don't listen to your body uh as a male working out because patty you're right it is very performative and we constantly feel like we have to like be able to lift more or do more run faster you know all these different things and it's it's important to to listen what you guys have said it's really I'm learning. (laughs) Yeah. I'm learning a lot. And it's unfortunate to see that men are also struggling at the hands of the patriarchy. Because if you think about it, ironic, ironic, isn't it? Women have been uh, taught that they must look a certain way to appeal to men. And men are taught to perform a certain way to impress other men and to compare themselves to other men. And it breaks my heart because I'm like, I see my male friends all the time comparing themselves to each other. I have this one friend who's like, I got to start going to the gym. I, I got to, I, I want to look like my bro, my homie over there. He's really ripped. And I like hate myself because of that. And I would just, I was just like, but you're fine. You're wait. Like, I mean, like if you want to do it for yourself, that's totally fine. Right. But, and that's, that's another thing is like doing like, like exercising or, or whatever for the right reasons. 
mm-hmm. because you could easily go to the gym and be like, I'm going to, I want to do this to get, you know, the Instagram body and everyone will love me versus going to the gym and being like, I want to love myself. Yeah. That's also huge um, in terms of results because I swear, I don't know what it is, but I'm convinced that your body can hear you and it listens to what you say about yourself, which is why I'm always telling people to be kind to themselves and say nice things to themselves, which sounds crazy. Like look at yourself in the mirror and be like, I'm great because I'm telling you, your body's listening to you and it'll reflect on how you speak about yourself. If you tell yourself that you look ugly and you're fat and blah, 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 it's going to reflect on that. But if you start telling yourself that you're beautiful and you're good enough, then you'll start to see it too. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. That's another thing. Let it be known that six pack abs are not a sign of health. No. Right. Not, <laughs> not protruding muscles. Like all of those things do not equate health. Let yeah. me say that probably one, and please do research on the determinants of health because even thinking about food and exercise, they are such a small portion of what makes you healthy. But, um, stress is a huge one. And it's so Mm -hmm. interesting how we emphasize things that increase an aspect of health that affects us way more than both of those things. Like most people are extremely anxious and depressed around their body image, but it's so interesting because it's like the, the, the things we actually sacrifice health wise to go after things that in no way reflect health to me is what's so damaging is because we know for sure that stress does cause a variety of diseases, fatness. Sometimes they overlap, but as far as like causation, it's definitely less clear than stress. Um, So that's just a plug. Take care of yourself because your six pack won't. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. honestly. The fact that you can break an egg with your bicep does not mean... That you're built different. That you're you're not (laughs) built different. You just... Are you okay? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's super important with like six pack abs. Like, some skinny dude that doesn't work out in the gym will have six pack abs because of genetics. Like, that doesn't mean yeah. that he's like necessarily healthy. He probably just has way too high of a metabolism, you know? Uh, yeah, but that doesn't mean that. A huge thing too. Yeah, for sure. But that doesn't mean that like, you know, someone like me who like has to go in and like work out and like do abs and like stuff like that. Like, that doesn't mean that I'm any less healthy. It doesn't mean that I'm any less like, uh, it, it doesn't mean that society has any power over me just because I like go to the gym and do ab workouts. Like I love doing ab workouts and that's part of the reason that I do do them, you know, and I'm learning how to kind of, you were saying AJ of like, I'm doing this because I want to be fit. And this helps me when I like go through depressive episodes, not just because like, I like think that whenever I take my shirt off in front of like so-and-so or like even like in front of myself, you know, or like, like I will be accepted, you know, like people just like finger guns, you know, because honestly, like who is everything is still shut down right now. So it's like, who's going to see me shirtless? Like, why would I ever took my shirt off in public in general? Like who's going (laughs) to see these six pack abs? It's just me putting myself down based upon what I see on the internet, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm learning how to like be okay with it and be like, all right, if I look at myself in the mirror, if they're not there, that doesn't mean I'm any less fit. That doesn't mean I'm any less healthy. It's just, you know, here I am. Absolutely. This is my body. Yeah. <laughs> and I think with all of this, we've had a lot of great advice in terms of getting 
into the right mentality with, with body image and body health. So I want to ask you, Patty, what is your advice to other people that may not necessarily go through this, but they have someone that they know who is, what's some advice, maybe some scriptures, uh, just a way to, to be able to be the best that they can be show God's love, or even just be a good friend, uh, to someone who is going through this. Yeah. Um, I think that this is a really important question because you can probably turn to your right and your left and have a friend who's struggling with it. Um, and I think COVID has definitely, you know, I think more people are aware of themselves because we're constantly looking at ourselves <laughs> on camera. <laughs> so I think in terms of like feelings about self, I think people are a lot more connected to that. Um, a book of the Bible that I really love studying out is the book of Galatians. Um, because I think what it kind of dives into is separating what the gospel teaches and traditions or different mm -hmm. aspects that we can kind of hold on to a little bit more tightly that actually do affect our faith. And so I feel like this aspect of culture, I feel like is like the new circumcision for the church in many ways. And so I feel like both as an ally and someone who is struggling, I feel like that book of the Bible is really helpful to study out. Um, to even, cause for me, I think like with Noah, I needed someone to go to mirror the seriousness. Of yeah. Where I was at. Um, and I think part of it too, something that, um, I want to encourage people. I mean, this is like with any ism, in general, but just to like, even take time to assess, like, how do I feel about fatness? Like just in general, like, because we are people who have, who are in a society who absorbs and internalizes fat phobia and that affects the way that we joke. That's the a way the affects the way we talk about ourselves. Um, I think if you know someone who's struggling, some very clear do nots, are to comment on your body or other people's bodies, um, to not talk about diets, like just don't, you don't need to share what diet you're on. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the media already does a pretty amazing job at making larger people feel horrible about themselves. So if you could not be part of that, that would be great too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think just being someone who we all have accountability in this. And I think if you're someone who really does have a heart of wanting to support someone, it starts with figuring out where do I land with this and, and being someone who not only is like an advocate in words, but really is like pursuing repentance. Cause to me, this is a sin issue. Um, it isn't, it is an area of repentance because it erodes at our confidence in God. Um, and again, if God is who he is, if he is Yahweh, the creator of the universe and his like, most special beings on the planet are walking around like, mm, I feel bad about myself. Like God's like, huh? Like to the, right. animals, the rest of the universe, you're it. And you're like, mm, you know? And so I think for me, it's like, man, we all have growing to do and it's exciting because I'm like, heck yeah, I was created by God. So like, what's up, you know, <laughs> his belly. Oh yeah. Formed in the womb, you know, like, um, so I feel like our language just is being called to change and I'm so excited to be part of it. I can though at times feel really weary 
of feeling like I'm one of the only people who's talking about it. And so if other people want to get on this train and <laughs> be advocates, I would love it. So yeah, that's Absolutely. awesome. That's awesome. I think of Romans 12, when it comes to what you're saying about like it being an issue of sin, because not only does it take away from, you know, our confidence in God, but it also like detracts from having a godly perspective. I think what we were saying earlier, like if you're not helping each other see them, see ourselves in God's light more than it's like, then you're actually perpetuating the other side where it's, you're sustaining a worldview, a world perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Romans 12, one and two says, therefore, I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And verse two says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is his good, pleasing and perfect will. And I think that is something that if you're fighting for a godly perspective, in any regards, you know, if you're following God and you want to be closer to Jesus, you want to be closer to God, you want to view the things in the light that he views them, that prayer of like, break our hearts for what breaks your heart, you know, all of that stuff. If you're trying to become more like God, that includes how you look at bodies and body images and how you perpetuate what's going on in the world. Uh, Those little thoughts that you have, think about them. Is it bringing you closer to the way God would view somebody or is mm-hmm. it taking you farther away? Is that a worldly perspective or is that a godly perspective? When it comes to friendships and people who are going through this, even if you aren't, try to look at them through the lens of God and help them view themselves in the lens of God uh, as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where love everybody was born, was just this like idea of to love everybody is not out of submission to culture or because culture has permitted me to do so. It's because I submit myself to God. And if this is what God has essentially laid out in scripture as someone who's following him, I will fall in line with that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because even now I think it's like crazy. I'm encouraged that there's so much positivity around larger bodies like there's definitely more representation there's definitely more inclusivity with size and everything but when it comes to healthcare, so much injustice like all these different elements and I I'm not giving myself permission to love my body because Lizzo said I should I'm doing it because God said I need to Um, and to actually continue to orient my mindset around what he says is true versus what the culture says is true um so love everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, for sure. Couldn't have said it better. Uh, Patty, thank you so much for being on. Uh, obviously, AJ, do you have any final thoughts, words, questions? Um, I actually have a scripture of my own, John. Oh, oh shoot. You guys Coming proud of me hot. or what? You guys are proud of me or what? Learning. Um, I know. I don't actually have the thing memorized word for word, but I know what maybe you know it genesis 319 it is like for dust you were and to dust you shall become or something like that and honestly that one helped me a lot in the sense that's like listen man we're all gonna end up at the same place (laughs) at the end of the day no matter what you look like god's gonna be waiting for us so enjoy while you're here who cares what you look like and just enjoy life while you got it 
because we're all going to go back to dust eventually, <laughs> which is super morbid, but like also kind of comforting in a way because I'm like, mm-hmm. it's fine. <laughs> like, this is high quality dust, you know? Like, yeah. Oh, you know what I love mean? Love your dust. Yeah. Right. Love your dust because God loves your dust. <laughs> That's going to go on a t shirt. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Let's make a Just- merch. God loves your dust. So love your dust too. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, I love um, it. I hope you're proud of me. I, I, I brought back, I brought out my own scripture. This is the first Amazing. time I actually did that. So you did. Really, I was Incredible. scared. For, I was like, is this applicable to the situation? Right. Okay, AJ, you got this. You got this. It's okay. <laughs> the evolution of AJ before our eyes in season I two. I know. It's crazy. Wild. Well, Patty, once again, thank you so much for being on, uh, for having this conversation, whether the, whether our listeners follow God or they don't follow God, body image is so important to talk about and to raise awareness with. Uh, and obviously we've been talking a little bit about your Instagram, but, uh, that and other places, if people want to reach you, if they want to have a safe space to talk about these things, maybe even they have more questions, where can they reach you? Yeah. So you can, um, most people DM me on Instagram. So it's at Jesus eight, two, if you want to email me, if you're into email, I also have a Jesus82 Gmail and it's literally Jesus82 at gmail.com. Um, I am super accessible. I really love hearing, even if it's just like a, Hey, this is where I'm at, whatever. I love being able to engage in conversation. So I always tell people don't hesitate, but those are definitely the best places, um, to reach me. Awesome. Yeah. we're going to put that on our, on the Spotify, on Apple, the descriptions, on Instagram, on Facebook. We're going to put that on there. If you guys want to contact Patty, uh, just to give her your story to ask questions. I think one of the biggest things with all of these topics is that a lot of us just don't want to feel alone if we're going through them. Uh, And Patty is a, is a great representative of, you know, someone who can love and listen and really make sure, you know, you don't feel alone if you're going through this. Um, So Guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Forgive Me Father. If you don't follow us on Facebook and Instagram yet, go do it. What are you doing? What are you doing? Do the thing. We're going to have a YouTube channel. So go ahead and like and subscribe if you've been listening. If you want to watch it. We we don't look all together, but that's fine. That's what being authentic is all about. This is a very authentic podcast, if any I've ever heard of. Super authentic. You're looking at me in the morning. I've not been up this early in months <laughs> and it's 12 by it the way is. it's noon it is it's lunchtime you know I just got out of the gym but if you're here on YouTube thanks for following comment down below uh do all the things we love hearing from you guys obviously AJ and I are always uh open to be contacted with any questions concerns thoughts about a new episode different things like that so until next guy next time guys Thanks for listening. Until next, guys. Until (laughs) next, guys. Until the next, fellas. Until the next one, boys. Finger guns. Alrighty. uh, We'll talk to you later. (laughs) Oh, boy. Signing off for me.